that was my woohoo. I loved it. Woohoo. <laughs> woohoo. <laughs> Great way to start it off. Great every time it. every time we should be like, woohoo. <laughs> Force a suggestion. You know, it's like yes. that sign that says applause. <laughs> they have right. in the TV studios. Oh, yeah. This is where you're supposed to uh, clap. This, uh, these are the jokes, folks, kind of thing. <laughs> That's right. This is the woohoo part woo-hoo. of the show. <laughs> Everybody applause. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Fusion Music Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. Thematic submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you while our fascinating fun features fluster, flummox, fulfill, and thrill you. Well, who are you, kind sir? Share. Enlighten us. I thought you were gonna. I thought you had the talking pillow at the beginning. Oh, I do not. Oh, I, do not. I pass on the talking pillow. Oh, I've got the talking pillow. So, uh, well, you know me. I'm Professor P. Soup, uh, international rock and radio legend. And you know, I just want to say from my heart, hello, hooray, you sick things. Welcome to the sideshow. The average person might sit by watching the music scene go to hell, not minding at all the audio poison. But enough's enough. Some folks like you and me want great entertainment to escape from this brutal planet. Since they don't feel inclined to give the radio back, we'll try to bring together old dinosaurs like me with you, young things and tender like many of you, in a generation landslide, because when I hear a great tune by some fresh blood, I get that feeling once again as if I'm 18 and school's out. Am I caught in a dream? Yeah, 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 but believe me, from the inside, doing a show like this is harder than it looks. Don't start laughing at me. I'm completely serious. There's preparation, marketing, and the editing is just hours and hours of chop, chop, chop. But you want it, you got it, as long as you're there. We'll keep chugging the caffeine and working up a sweat to bring you another crazy feature or whatever Looney Tune we've elected to play. So let's get going, and I hope the show is going to be killer. (laughs) (laughs) So what inspired that, sir? Um, it's just all about Alice Cooper, basically. That's what I figured. Yeah. Well, I, the new new album out. Very nice. With, in uh, celebration, in homage, if I, you will. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. New album out, all kinds of legends on there. You know who's on there? Larry freaking Mullen Jr. There you go, fucking U2. And I was listening to one the of the founder teams. of U2. This is called Detroit Stories. It's all like Detroit garage rock with guitars, but there's some kick-ass soulful vocals. And I, there was one track so impressed me, I had to pick up the notes and see who is this. It was Sister Sledge. Oh, nice. Awesome, yeah. And, Sister uh, Sledge, fuck. Hell yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of, it's a really, really good record. Anyway, um, so that's what prompted that. What about you? Well, I'm Slim Shade. No, I'm not. All right. Well, as you know, I am the vocalist for the dark alt-rock band Ascent. Oblivion, where souls disappear. They've persuasive ways. I try to resist. They manipulate and threaten. I am in the hands of fate. The scapegoat fate's made of me. It's all written in the stars above. That's all there is. Angels with silver wings, I'm relying on your common decency, taking me where I want to be, because you have to make this life livable. All I ever wanted, new life, new life. Never again is what you swore. It's time to face the consequence. Wow, that was a really stirring 
narrative woven out of God only knows what. Who was that? Depeche Mode. 18 oh. different lines from 18 songs. Oh, wow. I've tried to do something a little oh, different. Lines. Yes, yeah, now right. I do lines. I don't do titles of songs anymore. I do lines. So. Lines? I gotta start doing lines. That's gotta be pretty interesting in its own way. <laughs> it's very weird. But, I mean, it's weird to use just titles. There were like 27 titles. Yeah, I the, like uh, using titles, but I thought, well, I'll do good. something no, a little great. different right. and then... You know, so it's I don't know. It's 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 a it, it weaves a little weird narrative that is very bizarre. This one was very dark, but Depeche Mode lyrics tend to be kind of dark. So I just go where the lyrics take me. Sometimes they're about love, sometimes it's about sorrow. These clearly pretty dark, but I, you have to get them and make them make sense all together because it's different songs. So it's kind of fun and a challenge. And I figured, well, it's something different. No one else is doing it uh, that I'm aware of. That really. Saying to me, no, no, no that, that I'm good. aware of. Like any, I mean, no, I've never heard anybody else no, do no, the song titles or the song, you know, from different songs like oh, that. Yeah. So I think that we're doing some stuff that's unique, and I, I like and, unique. Yeah, we gotta have a brand. I, I mean, come on, uh, you know. And <sighs> we would totally hang with y'all if, 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 but, if, if. You know, in lieu of that, mm. there's the show. Yes. You know, uh, you can listen to the show. I was giving Christina some shit about something the other night, you know, a credit union card or something like that. Fuck <laughs> me. I, you said on anything. <laughs> what? As if it weren't even real. <laughs> it's pretty fucking real when I'm using it whenever I'm getting gas with you and or she, something. And she said, did you just say that? And I said, you know, I do this for the show. You know, I said it's it's all set up, you know, for the sake of the show. I got to keep going. She said, "Yeah, but what was it before? Exactly. <laughs> there was no show. You know, <laughs> you've always done that, but now there's a show. See, it just kind of validates that whole thing. Oh, and indeed, I'd even go so as far as to say is that it necessitates that I do that." Whether we're on the show or not, it's, it's just a, twenty-four it's, fucking seven. You're like a method actor. It's method acting. You That's exactly never right. stop. It's totally method. Acting. Okay, so we are. We may be having a show prep night that night, but at that moment we are not on the air, and there is still a constant barrage of shit coming my way. And he says, "Hey, this is all for the show," it's, and I'm like, "We're not doing the show right it's, now." It's the GG. It's the greater good. You know? <laughs> It is the GG all the way. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I will accept that at this moment. Let me think about all that. All right, everyone. Bienvenidos a Pajaros 27. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh. It's that. The second show. show I'm doing. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, yeah. We need Welcome to talk to about that. Birds of a Feather, episode 27. And uh, let me see here. Um, is my name? Uh, I have bad eyes. You know, I'm old. Actually, my name is next. Oh, good. In that case, take her away. <laughs> All right, so it is time for Bird Banter, and this is where we talk about whatever kind of shit we want to talk about. Uh, he has an idea of what it's about, but he doesn't know the responses, doesn't know the answers, doesn't know the top ten or whatever it is I'm going to reveal. And this time, it is something that we both love, the greatest Motown artist of all time. Oh, yeah. Fucking Motown. The thing is, David and I have many, 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 many things in common. And this is one, an absolute unabashed love of Motown everything. So uh, what was it that we were watching? I was watching kind of half-assed with you. You were sharing clips of the Midnight Special with me. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, that was fucking incredible. Motown, rock, a there little bit. There were quite a few Motown artists on there. There and was, exactly very many. The point, the uh, about uh, 
that era, you know, well, Motown. Let's just talk about Motown. The, Motown. the murder city. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, the motor, motor city. Motor. Yeah. Motor. motor. Although, honestly, a little slip of the tongue. <laughs> on any given year, it might be the homicide capital of the USA. Maybe. There are other cities who do their very best to keep up, but uh, Mo- Motown really has a lot going. So it's not necessarily the place you want to live. Maybe not anymore. Not so much. You know, unless you're a bail bondsman, you can do oh, quite well. Shit. But um, oh uh, that's all I saw in Motown. <laughs> However, the music that, it, I mean, starting from more recent times, now you might or might not like these artists, but they're significant in their own way. We've had uh, Insane Clown Posse, yep. Eminem and Kid Rock, yep. all from Motown. Going back further than that, I mean, it was really the city that had the, was the birthplace of gnarly rock uh, bands in and around the MC5, uh, Grand Funk Railroad, yep. uh, uh, Alice Cooper, Stooges, Bob Seger, and uh, the Motor City Madman himself, Ted Nugent. And uh, the, <laughs> your favorite, I'm sure. Absolute then, but favorite. But going even further back. Top of the heap. The label named after the city itself. I'm telling you. From the 50s on, soul, funk, R&B was just part and parcel of the popular music scene. Honestly, it was all considered rock and roll in its way. DJs like Alan Freed, folks, mm. would uh, play them all together. He was kind of like the Midnight Special was doing only in the 50s on radio. He said, I'm going to play these acts, I'm going to play that act. But was he part of Paola, I wonder? I wonder if he was uh, getting a little slip under the table. There was that. There were those allegations. That's there was those, a lot of Paola going on at legends. that time, yes. And I believe his answer was, well, of course, but everybody's doing it. Anyone who says they aren't is lying, you know? Oh, so yeah, he'd play who he was, whoever he wanted, what, as long as they were paying him. What a legacy! Well, besides the term <laughs> rock and roll, he allegedly coined. What a legacy! And I think um, John Mellencamp, a fellow known well to us, mm. uh, seems to have captured the homogeneousness. Uh, the I like the homogeneousness, homogeneity, or the something homo about uh, that scene in the song that you most of you probably know, R O C K in the U S A. Yes, you almost can't say it without singing it. R O C K in the U S A. Yeah, I, I mean, love he it. Name drops in the same uh, verse, even Mitch Ryder and Bobby yep. Fuller and the Young Rascals and Martha Reeves and James Brown. Yep. And uh, I They mean, can rock. Oh, they were rocking. They were rocking. Yeah, yep. that's it. Uh, spotlight on Martha Reeves and don't forget James Brown. That's right. Because that's exactly how it was back then. Because it was real soul and funk and R&B and everything that it actually fit. I mean, it was there was so much crossover that we don't have today, unfortunately. True. But that, that label, Motown had more of the true unabashed legends and everybody reveres Motown. I mean, rock and rollers like us. The Rolling Stones have covered My Girl, Just My Imagination, Ain't Too Proud to Bay, Going to a Go-Go. Uh, the Beatles did You Really Got a Hold on Me. Please, Mr. Postman, Money, That's all. That's What I Want. Yeah, I have the top ten here. Whether I agree or disagree is a whole other story. And for me, you know, when I think about some of those things that you said, yes, many, many, many legends cut their teeth there in different ways. But I'm sorry, when I think about... Anything there. I only see Motown. They're the only thing in my sights when I think about that. And I'm glad I brought us those other artists. But I will tell you, there is nothing like Motown. I mean, it it is everything. And for me, you know, there's that whole, like we talked about that, like that desert island, you know, kind of stuff. I'm telling you right now, I need to have a good Motown compilation with me because I could not live without me some Motown. Um Motown gets me going when I'm feeling like shit. They get me pumped up when I'm feeling good. They kind of take me home when I need to go home. They remind me of who I am. It's like all that stuff. It's just a, uh, and the voices and the music is just hypnotic. I cannot get enough of it. And, uh, it's really funny because I'll be working and I'll be kind of tough. Like I, fuck, I can't really keep going. I'm too tired and I'll put on all kinds of music, but then I put on Motown. Mm-hmm. 
and I can go for hours now working because I got Motown in my blood. It's getting me going. So there's nothing like Motown in the world, and there never will be. The the, comp- the compositions and the, uh, you know the musical absolutely just the the, uh, the lyrics, the melodies. Motown is so awesome. And before I moved to the suburbs at around twelve and checked and discovered all the glam and the prog and all that stuff the kids were listening <laughs> to, it was the usual radio stuff: Stones, Beatles, and everything. But and Mountain and whatnot. But also. Motown was huge. Personally, to me, Diana Ross and Gladys Knight, I had a number of their things. Jackson 5 was off the chart in our house, and you know everybody knows these the groups. I'm not going to name them because they might be on the list. Yes, absolutely. So let's get to that list then. Enough with this uh, lead-in. Let's get to the list. So let's start with number 10, Sam Cooke. Oh, Sam Cooke. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> Chain Gang, What a Wonderful World, Twisting the Night Away. Just a legendary songwriter, and uh, again, there's another guy. All those songs have been covered. Yep. And uh, because he's just Sam Cooke is awesome. He belongs on that list. I have no beef with he who's does. in what position, as long as certain people are on it. And honestly, to be cruel, certain people are not. <laughs> Absolutely, no, I <laughs> there agree are with who you. Just don't belong. As long as there are as many, and there are way too many. Way to too be many. On the list of ten. But, Absolutely. But there are some top ones, and I know, I know one of them is going to be there for sure. Mm. One or two of them will definitely be there. But uh, yes, who's next? Or who's first? Number nine. Nine, rather, him. Yeah. Number nine. <laughs> See how tuned in I am? <laughs> I like it. Totally. Yeah. Number Same nine God, is Georgia. Oh. Oh, fucking Ray. Ray, <laughs> Ray Charles, Ray. the man. Yes. The man, the myth, the legend. Okay, so Ray Charles definitely belongs on this list. There is nothing like Ray Charles. Each one of these are just magnificent in their own right it just i mean and you think about it you think oh motown you know this sound they're all completely different and i just i love the variety these artists offer so number eight the supremes oh of course of course course, course. i mean the only question is uh diana rose solo or not but the supremes i didn't doubt for a minute no of course not the thing that i found when i was looking at this list it's really tough because there are so many like groups right these fantastic groups with these beautiful voices and there's no way that you can have all the people that we want in the top 10 and all of those amazing groups so this is really this is a nail biter i'm telling you right now number seven four tops Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> of course, you know. Uh, number six. Number six, the Jackson Five. Oh, yeah. Number well, six. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't I mean, quarrel about that. I don't know. But. I have some quarrels, but I, I mean, they are in the top 10. So Jackson Five. Number I'm, I'm, I'm yeah? pulling for a certain group. I'll tell you when. It, okay. I'm, I cannot wait. Okay. So number five. I have some issues with this. It, this one hurts me. Aretha Franklin at number five. I don't quarrel about the position and everything, and yeah. No, I'm going to quarrel. I, uh, no, as long as she's there, that's fine. I'm pissed. I don't like it. Number four, Smokey Robinson. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was him or him and the Miracles or something like that. Smokey. There's no, no escaping that. Number three, mm-hmm. Little Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number two... The Temptations. Of course. Of course. I mean. Yeah, of course. Gee, I'm, uh, how can there, I'm, I'm thinking of who can possibly be, all right, I think I got it. Tell me. No, no, no. I won't I'm, confirm it or deny it. I'm just interested. Who do you think is number one? For some reason, I think Marvin Gaye. Okay. Yeah. Are you ready to find out? Yeah. Marvin Gaye. <laughs> 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 no, I looked at a whole bunch of them. Um, I do really like Ranker. I mean, of course, I always look at Ranker. I like it because the people have voted. That's what I really like about Ranker. It's, it's not. 
<laughs> like us. <laughs> wow. I think the people who voice whose voices matter, not a critic, but the people. So they go on there and they decide. And we're going to have to talk about off air that you look shit up because I don't go look up the year for fucking shrikes. Never done it before. We Never had that before. We had well, that I thought, discussion. I this one I, I was supposed to. No, you weren't. No? You're supposed to come up with it out of off your top of your head. See? 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 Yeah. You're in, tr- it. you're in trouble. Just because I've never done it before so, until tonight, I swear, I swear. Hmm. I so much trouble. It. So much trouble. All right. So. See the dictatorship? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you need more, more <laughs> oversight. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot I, trust I can only you. function under the lash. <laughs> there are people who need to be under the lash. <laughs> anyway, so no. what, what is your vote? Or what are your, well, some of your people? Marvin Gaye was certainly at the top of the list for me. I think he's a master. Also on my list, Michael Jackson, who did not make the top 10. Uh, Jackson 5, different though. Michael yeah. Jackson, oh, Jackson 5, not the same. Although a lot of Michael Jackson stuff, I think, was released on Epic, but... Um, still, he's, started, he's, he's, he's Motown. Motown. Yeah, yep, yeah. He's still Motown he boy. Motown. Uh, Smokey Robinson was on mine. Not the Miracles, not that I don't love them, but Smokey. There's yeah. just Smokey on his own. Like Stevie Miracles Wonder mm-hmm. and Aretha were on my list. I would have to go with, uh, you know, Jackson 5, of course, Miracles and Temptations. I was kind of pulling for the OJs in there and, mm. uh, yeah, you know, um, I mean, the, some of the older ones. Not like, on the top the 10. The Touch Drifters and Four Tops. I mean, there were so many. Team well, Turner. Four Tops is in there. Oh, Oh, that's... Four Tops is number seven. Oh, darn. Four to- okay, good. We had the Supremes, Four Tops, and the Temptations for the little groups, and Jackson 5, of course. So, yeah, those would be some of my faves, I would say. Uh, Sam Cooke, obviously, is legend. And Diana Ross and Gladys Knight, I'm partial to. I know Heresy, Burn Witch Burn, I know. I kind of prefer them to Aretha. Yes, I- I'll-, I'll leave town now. I'll put the feathers and the tar on myself. So, not only did you violate our agreement by looking shit up, but now you have... Committed sacrilege. Yes. So... Wow. So, Bird Banter has ended with the greatest Motown artist of all times. Of course, there are many, many omissions, many, uh, that, you know, trouble me. But at the same time, I do think that they captured kind of the essence of Motown, um, you know, a little bit. But there's nothing like it. There never will be anything like it. And uh, it is immortal. It is immortal. Oh, but wait a minute. Is it time for you to recap our theme? Well, already, uh, I have a I have a document in my hand that says yes. something to that effect. Well, shit. Okay. Well, I'll be quiet then. And you know, since it's always me, I mean, how surprised can it's I be? Still not always you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, time for the birds of a feather theme recap. The ones we were asking for submissions on you lazy layabouts and roustabouts. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this is not well, on the format. Houses. <laughs> Houses of no, that was no. Everybody knows that. Was not <laughs> Houses of the Hori. Now the Hori is a bird, as uh, as your expanding uh, repertoire and vocabulary <laughs> and uh, database of bird knowledge grows. And it has been Christina's contention. I seem to recall her saying in the last episode that the song had something to do with performing live. And I never took it that way. I took I took it about sex, and it was just some kind of you know. I can see thing. that. But now, and since, uh, and you know me, I've never, including including the thing about um, Motown, I've never looked up anything in my life. I, I stand by that statement. Um, when I th- when I saw this theme, uh, such as my reading comprehension problem, that I thought it was asking us to name a mainstream music song about performing live. And of course, the ul- ultimate one will always be uh, probably uh, Wings, Venus and Mars and Rock Show. Uh, so I thought that's what nice. it was. But apparently it is about 
uh, performing live. And I guess uh, Madison Square Garden would be the reference possibly there, which is a world-famous venue, possibly even more famous than the Doll Hut in Anaheim. But, I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> you think? Slightly. I don't you know. know. But it has a cigarette machine. Yeah. When I mean, was the last I'll, time you saw I'll that? Bet you, I'll bet the last time you saw that. I'll <laughs> bet there's not a single cigarette machine in lame-ass, uptight Madison Square Garden. But the mm-hmm. Doll Hut... Well, shit. That's why that's world-famous. Held together by band stickers. <laughs> it has is. a cigarette machine. I mean, and you're looking for what? And, and hey, it is a place where this all that's where started. This started. Yes. All right, well, anyway, so the song, uh, what we're looking for is submissions about music itself. Remember, I remember mainstream artists back in the day always wrote about music, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. Uh, I don't, I, uh, not that many came to mind from the vast, uh, uh reference, uh, library of uh, indie music songs I've heard. None that many came to mind. Probably due to advanced senility more than a lack of, uh, <laughs> than a lack of, uh, songs about music on their well, part. Well, I think sometimes it's veiled. You know what I mean? They're not like, this is about music. And you got to hit me over the head with a sledgehammer before I'll understand a song. I'm just really, I'm so dense, honestly. <laughs> no. Okay, so we're looking for songs about music itself, how it moves you, inspires, how it soothes, how it relaxes you, how it riles you up, like if you're like 12, Rage Against the Machine, for example, uh, <laughs> gets you excited, etc. Or, because we're so accommodating here, and we really like are. Teeth to get submissions, <laughs> we will accept songs about the live music experience itself, which would be great. That'd be like Venus and Mars. Uh, rock show, the dancing, the drinking, singing along, the connection you feel with the band and their songs, and I would add also, and with the other fans. Like I said, I, oh, went, I yeah. went to see a band one time, and for a full hour before the show started, they the PA system was playing Beatles, and everybody was singing, and everybody yeah. was doing all the dance and everything. I mean, so... Yeah. There's the fans, too. We would have taken anything. Let's see what we ended up getting. Actually, we threw in some of our own, but not our we own, did. personally. The song itself that inspired this cheesy bird pun, and she's still working diligently on ones that I refuse to say, but <laughs> she doesn't have it in her, okay? I, I double da- dog dare you to come up with something Ooh. so cheesy, I won't say. I'm still, there's there's so many that I've come up with for features that I still am surprised you say. Yeah. Still. I, I, I can't believe myself. You know. <laughs> Standards, uh, they, do, they do not go with this game, okay? <laughs> All right, the Song Houses of the Holy appeared on the 1975 album Physical Graffiti. Yes, I was 14 years old when it came out. Yeah, and it just uh, just had an anniversary of some it sort. It did. I uh, thought it was 50? Uh, well, it came out in 75, oh, yeah. so it would have been 57. 57. No, 47. 47. 47. I thought it was yeah. almost 50, nearing 50. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, Houses of the Holy reference, of course, actually, I was surprised to find that the song was written uh, for 73's album uh, Houses of the Holy, but uh, to, to neither of us does it fit. It no, on physical graffiti. it does. It's if perfect. If you don't know physical graffiti, it's a definite des- Desert Island album. Absolutely, sure. 100%. 100% Desert Island album. The song refers to the spiritual feel of their concerts, and indeed, I intend no sacrilege, it is, it is, a, it is a very... Uh, transcendental kind of experience and I went to see Zeppelin's despite it being about their shows the song was never performed live and I would not have thought that but they have a number of songs that they've never played live yep alright and it hit number one on the US Billboard 200 and is 11 times platinum that would be how's, that would be physical graffiti correct uh, hell of an album double album mind you remember double albums yeah I remember that Anyway, so if there are any of you uh, young things and tender out there who haven't heard physical graffiti yet, please do so. It's your nearest opportunity. Absolutely. And don't just wear the fucking shirts. Know the shit. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. It's my turn. All right. Well, when is it not by? When is it not been my turn? It seems like we've been doing this uh, for hours now. Okay. Less right. than thirty minutes. Hell yes or oh hell no. The results where we ask you, our listeners, opinions about a certain act uh, we consider bans and determine if we're in for them or out, and that includes us. We're leading by example here, uh, going into the fray first. We also ask you to weigh in. And we want to know what you think. And the artiste in question is the band Journey. Journey. And uh, the results are in. So we got 95% who live above ground and walk erect. Vote. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we don't have an opinion about the band. <laughs> that was fucking brilliant. <laughs> was I editorializing? <laughs> no, it was perfect, actually. I'm laughing at its perfection. <laughs> I thought it was appropriate. Okay. And the remaining 5% all voted hell no with their devil's inspired hands. <laughs> One commenter opined, Don't Stop Believing is the worst song not written by Neil Diamond. Now, I'm this sorry. is double heresy. <laughs> I mean... They totally dissed two of your peeps, I just thought. I mean, that's just that's just wrong. That's just downright wrong. Right? Well, I, I, I did reach out to some people like, why didn't you weigh in? They're like, the shit I would have said would have been so bad. I didn't even want to weigh in on Journey. I remember the rock magazines in the 70s. Some of them had fun with Steve Perry and his voice. Uh, saying that he sang like a duck and everything, but they're jealous. As is the guy was brilliant. He's oh brilliant my god! Singer. And I love that band. That I did see them once. They were. Uh, it was just wonderful. Yeah, great band. I love Journey personally. Hell I'm yes. a hell yes. I'm a big time hell yes. Love Journey. Steve Perry's voice is like the most beautiful, sexy thing ever. And it was. I mean, not anymore. Sadly, I've heard him sing recently, but I mean. You know, the voice is going to So you melt when you hear faithfully, way. basically. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, there's many times you have to scoop me off the floor, put me in a cup, and then allow me to congeal again because... He's a kick-ass rock singer, too. I'm thinking this shit like Dixie Highway. Oh, my God. And uh, they, they, are, they are a rip-roaring, great rock, hard rock band with progressive tones. It's just they happen to do great pop, too. They do, what exactly. What the hell is wrong with that? And they have Neil Sean. I mean, hello. Yeah, Neil Sean just had a great, great He's band. incredible. And this band is... Amazing. Just because it's pop, just because they sold a bunch, just because it's arena rock doesn't make it bad. And again, I think Journey kicks fucking ass. I really, really do. I love them. I do not do this. I do not subscribe to this new singer thing. I will not see them with a new singer. I only will see them. Well, I only would have seen them with Steve Perry, but that will never happen again. And you uh, Journey haters out there, I just got one thing to say. You make me weep. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bucket. I want to die. die. <laughs> <laughs> there, that was for you. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the first artist slash band. In this case, it's a band that submitted their music. And this one is Acoustic Soul, A-K-O-U-S-Tic Soul, if you will. And the song's name is Home. Now, this particular artist is from India, and they are a singer-songwriter. And so here is the thing. One of the things we do about the theme, as David mentions, is we keep it wide open. We leave it wide open, right? So this had a very wide berth. So Help us help you. Exactly. <laughs> this song is about home being where your heart is. For many of us, home is where music is. Whether we uh, get lost in our earbuds while lying in bed, play the music that soothes us, our soul in the car, or 
live music via a local concert or venue, music is where our heart is. This song is sweet and hopeful yet longing and it talks about making our way back home we hope that in 2021 that will allow us to return to family friends and live music here's home
All right, and that was Home by Acoustic Soul, a really great new band that we've just discovered. And thank you for submitting Acoustic Soul out of India. Thank you for submitting from India. We're very happy to have you. Absolutely. And you can find Acoustic Soul on Facebook at Acoustic Soul, but that's A-K-O-U-S-T-I-C-S-O-U-L. And I have to say one more thing about India. They are the number one fans of Ascent. Whenever we put out a new video, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of views from India. Nice. And they also make up a huge part of our fan base. So India has good fucking taste in music, I can tell you that. And I don't, you know, people argue with me about this and people say, oh, not me, not me. If you make music, I don't give a shit if you make a dime at it. If you make music and you have fans all over the world, you're a rock star in my book. Oh. So these people are rock stars. I mean, I that's how I call myself a rock star because by that loose and lame ass definition, I'm a rock star too. Yeah, see, I do not call uh, myself a rock star, so I got to work on that. You'll work with me on that. Well, it depends on how you define it. That's one of those subjective things I like to that. me. You're a rock star. You have fans all over the world. I really like that. I mean, you know, it, it sounds laughable to say, oh, my fans, but the fans love this one, but we got fans, both yeah, of Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna let that wash over me. Yeah. I'm going to take might, that we in. We might even have a fan or two from the show, let alone our music. What? Wow. You what the hell? That That's crazy. Uh, and, well, now, because it's always me anyway. <laughs> Fuck me. It's time for History Rikes Back. And the year, uh, this in question this time, and I'll confess to you up front, it was not selected by the random, official random number mm. generator. I just plain picked it because we were running out and it was a good year. So there. Right on. Okay. Hey, we had to get to it eventually. We're allowed to do that. Was 1971. Hell no, yeah. Uh, 1971. Great year. And I was 10. And um, I had not yet moved to the suburbs uh, to discover all that glam and prog and shit like that. I was still into Motown and all that stuff and radio rock back in the day. But I discovered a lot of these records that came out that year that we will get to uh, a couple of years later. And it was just like living it over again. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I went to the movie. My mom ran a movie theater and I was in all the time. So when we talk about the movies, I probably saw them once, twice, 400 times. So, but anyway, what was going on in the world? Uh, probably many of you were not around in 1971. So, there were three Looney Tunes who made the news. Uh, Idi Amin. Good old Idi Amin of Uganda staged a coup and became president of Uganda. Now, he was played by uh, Forrest Whitaker in a movie I never saw, but I'm sure it's very interesting, called mm. The Last King of Scotland. I did not see yeah, it, but Idi I want Amin, to see it. Yeah, Idi Amin, uh, the great Forrest Whitaker. Uh, the next uh, crackpot, Charles Manson and three family members, female family members, are found guilty of the 69 Tate LaBianca murder. Mm. And uh, finally, Evil Knievel sets a world record and jumps 19 cars. And you know, he did that in Ontario, California, right near us here. I did not oh, know that. But wow. there's a speedway there. You know, awesome oh, see, I there. did not know that. And uh, George Hamilton played him in the movie. Now, that's got, that had to have gone to his head. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They picked George Hamilton to play me. That's right. Know? Stud mumming him. Stud. And uh, Apollo 14 lands on the moon for the third time. That's I mean, crazy. I mean, Honestly, they now it's might, old hat. Yeah, around that time they must have started thinking. Now, why are we doing this again? You know, <laughs> what are we doing? Kind of diminishing returns. I mean, <laughs> once, twice, three hundred times. What are we gaining by this? <laughs> what are know? we doing? Finally, uh, to the moon again. <clears throat> fight yeah. of the century. Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. Well, guess who won? Frazier won that one. Wow. Joe Frazier won. Beat Muhammad Ali in 15-round unanimous decision at Madison Square Garden. Oh, ooh, MSG. Now, see, I think that puts it ahead of the dollar right there. Agreed. Okay. But uh, does it Sullivan have a cigarette machine? machine? There you go. That's uh, a thing. It probably did back then, though. Oh, good call. It, yeah. Good I mean, call. In the 70s, it had cigarette machines. Totally did. Everybody. And everyone. ashtrays everywhere. Everybody. I mean, yeah. True. And some historic uh, tourist attractions opened that year. The Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. Oh, wow. Right? That's a big one. 
Yep, that's a big one. Walt Disney World in Ontario, in uh, Orlando, Florida, right? Oh, my God. Uh, wow. Cooper uh, jumped out of a plane, escaped. Okay. All right. Anyway, here's something we've probably heard memorialized in song. The Montreux Casino burns down in uh, Montreux, that would be Switzerland, uh, during a Frank Zappa concert. The event is memorialized in the Deep Purple song Smoke on the Water. But at least he didn't eat poop on stage. Yeah, he didn't eat poop on stage. We know that. And, uh, if you listen to Winging It. Right. And it was 71. The casino was rebuilt in 75, but on the bright side, it gave us a classic song, and a Frank Zappa concert was halted. So it was uh, kind of a silver lining to the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, and, no. and as if that were not bad enough for old Frank, he actually broke his leg after being pushed off stage by a deranged fan at the Rainbow. That's terrible. terrible wow. Thing. Damn. Right, now, television. There were some epic, epic debuts. Let me tell you that. Macmillan and wife, Columbo, the legend, all in the family, Soul Train. Oh, yes. Sunny and Chair Comedy Hour. This was gold, people. This was gold. Uh, I'm giving you, uh, what is it? I'm giving you pearls here. (laughs) I'm giving you pearls. Giving you pearls here. Watch the Sunny and Chair Show. (laughs) The Electric Company. Remember the Electric Company? Yeah. Hey, you guys. I loved it. And a great music British program, and you got to spell program with two M's and an E. Absolutely, we're about British one on the BBC. BB on the BBC. <laughs> yes. Austin Powers song. <laughs> we forgot that we were talking about Austin Powers one time, and forgot to mention that Susanna Freaking Hoffs is part of Ming T, Austin Powers band. True. Yeah, through that. Uh, the show, the uh, old great, am I going to tell you what the name of the show was? No. Uh, the old great whistle <laughs> test. You've probably seen footage from that on YouTube with all these, uh, great classic artists. Anyway, what about the movies? I lived in the theater. Did I see all these top hits? Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, if I were a rich man. If I were rich. I mean, I saw this a million times. I have the soundtrack. I have two versions of the soundtrack, actually. I have the movie. I've seen it twice performed live on stage, including uh, the one with Topol himself. Oh, I can't even. Who, not to uh, stretch for a James Bond tie, but I don't think it's a stretch at all to say that Topol was in a James Bond movie. He was an, seems like a stretch. A major role. He was an ally of Bond in uh, For Your Eyes Only. So that's not a stretch. That's a legitimate Bond tie. I don't know. Okay. Billy freaking Jack. Does anybody remember Billy Jack? It's a real cheese fest of a movie, but if you know it then you know it was just part of your life hmm. and a movie that fared very well at the oscars that year the french connection with oh yeah gene hackman one of my favorites gene of all time hackman. Uh, not necessarily that film but the man is, is the man just, is a, just genius he's, he's amazing a, a mountain you know i can't I mean? even summer of 42 never saw that one no diamonds are forever that's a bond movie um a clockwork orange uh weird ass movie yeah. Clockwork Orange, yes, a disturbing movie, but not, uh, however, it pales in comparison to Willard. Willard came out that year. That was pretty disturbing, too. And Dirty Harry, the legend Dirty Harry, in a uh, series, that a franchise that would spawn 17 years and five films. Dirty Harry. Uh, uh, Also, play Misty for me. Clint Eastwood, as we were talking about him, Mm -hmm. his directorial debut. He's a brilliant director. Uh, brilliant director. Oh yeah. my gosh! This was before he got into making depressing weird shit. I still like yeah. his depressing weird shit, nah, though. I'm not that. Keen Did I say that, depressing weird shit? Something depressing like that. Weird shit. <laughs> Play Misty for me. A uh, very good picture, and uh, that introduced us to the song, the original song from that film, "The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face." Oh, yes. I'm, I'm kind of disturbed at how well I sang that. You know? That was beautiful. <laughs> I should have. Maybe you do it again. <laughs> no, thank and you. And I'll be quiet. Uh, bananas with Woody Allen. Uh, one of Woody Allen joints. Uh, not, I mean, he's a little goofy, you know, he's done better. Doesn't do anything and for me. And The Big Boss, although you probably know it by the name Fists of Fury with Mr. Mm, Bruce Lee, yes. his debut. That's correct. But what about the music? We're supposed to be about music, are we not? Okay, well, how about this? 
Queen's first public concert. And it was later, shortly after that, that John Deacon even joined. So this was early, early, Whoa. early Queen. Carol King gave her first live concert. Aww. Oh, and there was inevitably a loss, was there not? Jim Morrison, mm-hmm. dead in the bathtub in Paris. You can't Very even handle terrible that. Loss there. Black Sabbath performed the first set of their Whiskey A Go Go performance. And looking back, everybody's played there. We always hear about the Doors played the whiskey. Everybody everybody's played, played there. there Zeppelin, yeah. Alice Cooper, Black Sabbath. True. They played the first set of their performance in all white tuxedos. Now, I'd love to have seen that. Me, too. Hopefully, they changed them for the second set, but uh, it would be good to see. <laughs> Here's a little <laughs> trivia for you, for those of you old enough to remember. The Beach Boys musician Daryl Dragon, a.k.a. The Captain... And uh, singer Tony Tennille meet and begin to perform together as the Captain and Tennille. Yeah, they both worked for the Beach Boys, actually. Ann Wilson joined Heart. Well, Uh, there you go. Rick Wakeman joined Yes, and they were not a new band, (laughs) although Heart was. This was a great year. Elton John had his first international hit with Your Song. Uh, Uh, What about the albums? I Uh, hope you don't mind. What? I hope you don't mind. No, I I hope you don't mind either. Uh, I hope nobody minds. (laughs) Uh, Album, classic rock albums. Uh, A lot of debuts. Carly Simon's first album, mm. uh, ZZ Top's first album, mm. the Yes album, but Yes, classic, classic, classic. Oh, my droogies. What else? Earth, Wind, and Fire's debut. Uh, Do you remember? Oh, no. Sorry, that wasn't it, but I couldn't help it. That, nope, it was, but that's the band. That's the that's band it. that sings our song. That's September. right. Uh, L.A. Woman, The Doors. Oh, so Thin Lizzy's great. debut. Rolling oh, Stone's yeah. Sticky Fingers. The Doobie Brothers' debut. They the all doobies. came out that year. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Oh, uh, great song. Emerson Lake and Palmer Tarkas, great year for Prague. Hello. Gosh, yes. With T-Rex, yes and Electric that? Warrior. I mean, can Jeez. you believe it? Mad Men Across the Water, Elton John. Oh, God. Cat Stevens, <laughs> Teaser in the Fire, Cat, uh, Master of Reality, Black Sabbath. Oh, and uh, Led Zeppelin released an album. Didn't exactly have a title. It was kind of a moderate success. Uh, sold about 37 million copies mm. or something like that. That would be their fourth album. With, uh, with the runes on it and uh, the uh, and so many. It's one classic after another, but however, it also contained the classic Stairway to Heaven, which would it surprise any of you to know that that was one day to be covered by... And as we wind on down the road... This is what Plant was thinking when he sang it. This is his worst nightmare. This is Plant's I mean, worst nightmare we, ever. We mentioned the Kennedy Center... Uh, uh, that opened in 1971. Well, Led Zeppelin would later be honored there on the same night as, uh, who was it? Uh, Dave Letterman and uh, Yo-Yo Ma and a bunch of people would perform tributes and believe it or not, Pat Boone was not there. I, I think that was just wrong. I think he should have been there and done that instead of Hart. Anyway, moving on. I actually think that I think that that was probably a bullet dodged. <laughs> yeah. Further debuts from Electric Light Orchestra what? and Nazareth. E-L-O. Yep. David Bowie put out Hunky Dory. It's just ridiculous. Shit. Bad Fingers straight up. Uh, whoa, Wings, Wildlife, their first album, first oh Wings solo album. And I used to have that. It's a great one. Ah, uh, but what about the singles? Ooh. We open up the magical Dybbuk box of uh, hits of 1971. <laughs> and what do we, don't ask. Don't and, ask. <laughs> and what do we come up with? Three Dog Nine. Joy to the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, the boys, boys and girls. girls. Uh, written by Mr. Hoyt Axton. The, oh, my. Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Unless I'm wrong. Great uh, name. By the actor Hoyt Axton. Was in Gremlins, uh, the dad in Gremlins. Well, of course. Right? Uh, everybody remember that? Rod Stewart, Maggie May, classic, classic, classic. Uh, uh, yes. Carol King. It's too late, baby. Now it's too late. So I really did try to make it. 50 years, folks. 50 Sorry, years. I don't I don't know the fucking words. Sorry years. about that. 
Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? John Denver, Take Me Home, Country Roads. Can you believe this? The oh. Temptations were actually just Ooh. my imagination run away with me. Classic cover that uh, could be argued <coughs> that someone, uh, that Owl did it better than Emu. Uh-oh. Janis Joplin's version of Me and Bobby McGee. Uh, she kind of immortalized it. Let's face it, shall we please? Not that on. I don't like Christopherson. Uh, Christopherson is great. Love Christopherson. Me and Bobby McGee. James Taylor had a huge hit with a carol king composed tune i believe right i believe we're, too that's that's what we're that's our impression we're uh, the impression we're going with that yeah we're going with that uh if we're wrong good tell us okay. no problem fact check us that's let fine. us know uh it's one of the few ca- few uh, uh instances where you can actually fact check, check us where we're not just talking about our opinions <laughs> which can true. neither be proven nor disproven <laughs> that's correct no you know they're complete shit uh, <laughs> oh and does she remember gene knight's mr big stuff who, Who do, do you, you think, think you are? are? You got it. This is now. This is classic. I don't know if it was it on Motown, but that's classic it's Motown classic. kind of funk thing. Well, anyone tell us if it's on Motown? Gene Knight? I do not know, but I love but, it. Uh, that was a classic. The ba- uh, oh, I was going to say the band. The night they drove old Dixie down, but it isn't. It's Joan Baez. So never mind then. <laughs> no offense, uh, Marvin Gaye. What's going on? As I mentioned before, Bill Withers. Oh, remember this? Ain't no sunshine when, when she's gone. gone. Wasn't I just watching this on the yes. special? Yeah. 1974 edition. Yes, right. we were melting because he's oh. amazing. Oh, and the voice himself, Mr. Tom Jones. Uh, you can't sing She's a Lady. Never mind. Um, she's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She's a lady. How dare you tell me. Uh, I, I actually <laughs> thought she wouldn't know that. I'm sorry. All right, man. We got uh, George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. My, my sweet, sweet Lord. Classic. Come on, folks. Oh, my Lord. I think we mentioned him on an earlier episode, didn't we? Gordon Lightfoot. If you could read my mind, no. What? You knew that one. Your favorite really? Song ever. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, the aforementioned Jackson Five. Gypsies, tramp. Oh fuck! What am I doing? It's not Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves. The aforementioned Jackson Five. Never can say, say goodbye. goodbye. Oh, no, no, no. Now, I mean, th- this Never is Motown, folks. say goodbye. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Are you doing sure drip, shrees, tramp shanties? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, not to appear to be making fun of Cher or anything, but tramp shanties, tramp shanties. Hang on a minute. Whoa. You should see the, the pantomiming going on in here in both studios uh, you'd be you'd be appalled at <laughs> you'd be appalled at the authenticity as usual of it. Yeah. oh and uh, but then uh, she also do so this. you like Retha here was Shared a classic a from Retha there is a rose in Spanish Harlem okay maybe it's not that much of a classic <laughs> uh oh and remember, we were just, I just showed you this the other night when I was watching the Midnight Special thing. Well, I left a good job in the city. Working, working for the man every, every night and day. That's a really fast I rhythm Tina, for that. I know. Holy I can shit. Tina, that's the, that's the, uh, oh the nice and rough part. I think that, that's like the meth part. <laughs> that's the meth part. That's the caffeinated. That's the rough part. That's the, that's the way Tina. I thought we were going to be like, left a good job. And that's he's like, left nice a good job in the city. Part. <laughs> that is the, nice and, the nice and easy, easy part. All right. And, uh, here, more heresy. Ready, burn, which burn? A lady that I actually kind of, sort of, almost prefer to Karen Carpenter. Helen Reddy had a hit with the Andrew Lloyd Webber hit from Jesus Christ Superstar. I don't know how, how to, to love, love him. him. Iconic, uh. legendary. 
doors. Don't you love them madly? Don't you need her badly? Whatever. Don't you love her face? Yeah. Well, she's walking. Awesome. Out the and up. Uh, oh, and doors also. Riders on the storm. Oh, sad song. Beautiful stuff. Into and they're last too. I know. Into this well we're thrown. And into the rest of the show we're thrown because I think that's it for the songs. What? I think that's it for Shrike. So what would that be? Now, you're not even going to tell me with a straight face. You cannot look at yourself in the mirror with any kind of integrity and tell me that I had to do something else at this point. No, you don't. Oh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Time for our next band. This band is called The High Sultans and the song is Missing You. So High Sultans released their debut album, Notes from a Separate Place, on February 19th. So they recently released that. This particular song has a number of elements. Most notable from moment one is the 50s, 60s surf rock feel punctuated with a touch of brass. The understated and steady vocals create a chill vibe that leaves plenty of room for the bass, drums, and guitar. Some unexpected harmonies add an ethereal feel. Their submission explained that Missing You is about everything they've been missing in the months since COVID hit. Live music is one of those things at the top of the list. They miss it, and so do we. This is Missing You. Oh, 
That was Missing You by High Sultans, the rock band from the UK. You can find them on Facebook at The High Sultans, H-I-G-H-S-U-L-T-A-N-S. Okay, and guess what time it is? It's the time that everybody waits for, in addition to, of course, Shrikes. It is time for Various Songbirds Battle Royale. This feature is where we name lines from a song and try to stump each other in a head-to-head battle. So we go back and forth to see who can stump the other. Now, typically, it's me getting completely fucking stomped in this, even though he is trying to uh, give me softballs. Doesn't always feel like a softball. I, I I do try. Yeah, Battle Royale. Okay, so I had to set the right atmosphere. I do try, and I'm going to be even more so this time. But hmm. I'll tell you, Various Songbirds, not only being the world's favorite game, yes. but it is the most efficient way of heaping shame upon one's own head. It is. Because, um, I mean, she has stumped me with three bands whose entire discographies I have. <laughs> Kiss, Blondie, and Boyster Cult. Boom, right over my head. Of course, I got her with, like, Fleetwood Mac that we spent like three Which hours talking about that so night. brutal but um, yeah Stevie Nicks no less I mean but uh, just to show that the Maria syndrome uh, the Maria effect <laughs> still works uh, so uh, what do we got tonight and you know Christina I gotta say that <sighs> Christmas is in December your birthday's in January mm. why then am I giving you this gift I mean this this Good absolutely thing. free glad you're not overstating I'm not at all okay <laughs> I uh how this is going to be, you're going to be, I'm going to be two words into it and you're going to be like, oh yeah, got it. You're insulting my intelligence. But I mean, I'm giving you an easy one here, I admit it. Wow. Motion in the ocean, his air hose broke. Lots of trouble, lots of bubble. Uh oh. <laughs> Perhaps I overstated <laughs> All it's, that uh, set up. <laughs> oh, it's ubiquitousness. Uh, Will you do it again? Motion in the ocean, his air hose broke. Lots of trouble, lots of bubble. I've actually got nothing. Nothing. Okay. Well, I'll try to sing it, although I could never do this. You know, motion in the ocean. Ooh, uh, his air hose broke. <laughs> oh my Ooh, uh, God. Lots Rock of trouble. Lobster B-52s. Lots of bubble. <laughs> he was in a jam. Ooh, uh. He's in a giant <laughs> clam. I mean, you got it. You rock lobster V fifty two is okay. Sorry, I thought that seemed so. You know what? It's irredeemably quirky. Fred's bit. part, I don't know, but oh, I know the okay. rest of the song. But the yeah, Fred's but part, you're always going to stump me with that. But yeah, the, you know yeah, what? That was Cindy a softball. Yeah. yeah. If I if I if I knew Fred's part, I I would have absolutely got that because I mean I don't know how many times I've heard that song and I love that song. All right. Well, the next one is uh, even... Uh, now, if that wasn't soft enough, the next one is unfortunately going to hit like a brick. Okay. But you know, time for mine. Time yeah, for I got to do yours. Yeah. Now, this one, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm feel like i pretty much just walking up to you and like handing this to you, kissing you on the cheek with it. It's like that sweet. Once the world was new, our bodies felt the morning dew. Once the world was new, our bodies felt the morning dew. Uh, that's a that's a short little passage there. Anything else you can give me? Like another line I gave you? Okay. I normally give you two lines. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm just too generous, that's all. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't get it anyway. So. Try another line. Not quite an admission of defeat, but... <laughs> Just more of an indictment of your uh, stinginess. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, I don't have another line. I can oh, I can find wow. it. Yeah, no, I, I just put the lines here. But Okay. Uh, all right. One more time. Once the world was new, our bodies fell to the morning dew. Jay, 
The world must have been new when this one came out because I uh, don't remember it. Uh, well, give me a give me a hint. A total admission of defeat, like yours. Uh, uh, give me a hint of the title of the song, whichever has more letters. I can just title, do the title of the song or the. I remember skies reflected in your eyes. Oh, uh, oh no, oh no. Your wildest dreams, yes, Odie Blues. Oh, right. no, once the one was new. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. See, just like there was another song you did uh, with, with Maria, the dreaded Maria, which will haunt me till the day I die. If you had said, um, she doesn't know your name and her heart and your heart beats like a subway train. I right. would have got it. It was that one lo- that one couplet that. Threw right. Me. I'm not giving. I'm. I'm trying to. You're a real fan of these bands, so I'm trying to pick lines that aren't super obvious. But they're. I mean, it, I, when I give you rhymey lines, that's usually a In gimme. Wildest dreams. Okay, defeat. Yes. Nothing but defeat. I'm, Nothing I'm, but defeat so well, far. Okay, let's see. Now this one, honestly, I, I'm. I'm half a mind to ditch this one because it's not that easy. But maybe oh, you'll just get it. All okay. right, maybe. And I'm going to give you more than two lines. Actually, this is kind of two lines. You said you'd stand by me in the middle of chapter three, but you were up to your old tricks in chapters four, five, and six. Now, it's not that you're a big expert on this person, but it was kind of a big hit. You said you'd stand by me in the middle of chapter three, but you were up to your old tricks in chapters four, five, and six. I know, I know this. This the very familiar. It'll be hilarious if I have to try to imitate the singer. Very <laughs> I can't wait. Or share, you know. <laughs> um, She's shit. Her hair over here. Oh God. I know I know this It's not like Coming to mind But I know those lines Admitting defeat Do you want to give me some more Fuck uh, Well I can sing it You know Alright Send you stand by me In the middle of Chapter 3 But you were up to your old tricks In chapters 4, 5, and 6 Now I'm giving you a long look Oh, it was such a big hit. I thought you'd know it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Every day, every day, oh, every day, every day I, I write, write the book. book. Fuck. Elvis Costello, every day I write the book. At least you know the song. At least yeah. you've heard it. Okay, so I don't Shit. feel like a complete cad in giving that to you. But now it's my turn. <laughs> All right. Well, your time has come to shine. All your dreams are on their way. Ah. Uh. Your time has come to... This is... Oh, this is... Gift wrapping is too difficult. This is just raw, present, here, take it. You know, This is a Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Trouble Order. Thank That's you so correct. much for that. I'm going to do you a solid like that, too. All right. Now, this is this is laughable. This is like, oh, come on. You know, make it a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> um, I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. You could probably stop me right there. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Deadly when I play a dope melody. Anything less than the best is a felony. So I'll give you three lines. Yeah. My size baby. <laughs> Thank you. Would you have gotten it without the third line? Yes. Deadly when a killing your brain yeah, like a poisonous mushroom. mushroom. Deadly when a play a dope Brian, melody. Anything, anything less, less than, than the best is a felony. felony. I Love know. It or leave it. Yeah. You and Mr. Van Winkle go way back. We so do. I, uh, vanilla uh, ice. Now was that that was the uh, that was that was pretty sweet. Okay. That was pretty sweet. Okay, I got one. You got one. Okay, I got one. Yeah, okay. you got one. Another one for me, or? Oh yeah, I got four. Remember, we got mm-hmm. the whole four thing. <clears throat> Sharing horizons that are new to us, watching, watching the, the signs, signs along, along the way. way. 
Talking it over, just the two of us. All so right. I'd never want you to say I'm not a sweet, sweet, oh, sweet that person. Was, that was a gimme, gimme, gimme. That was a... I mean, how fucking sweet am I right now? Cracker Jack Box song. I mean, that is yeah. love. And that, of course, I was going to say, I never actually officially named... It's like touching... Like when you hit Oman, you actually have to touch the bases. I actually have to name the song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'd <laughs> be now, great. Now I have to remember, because I've got 15 Carpenter songs running in my head now. So, okay, what was it again? Um, Sharing Horizons that are new that we've only... Oh, <clears throat> excuse me. We've only just, just begun. Okay, yes. maybe Helen Reddy's tie. Okay. Uh, yeah, heresy. I no. Burn the witch burn. Not sure. Okay, all right. Well, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, let me see. So fucking sweet. I'm telling you. <laughs> I hope this is a gimme. Wait. My music hits me so hard, makes me say, oh, my Lord, thank you for blessing me. Um, wait, do it again, do it again, do it again. My music hits me so hard, makes me say, oh, my Lord, thank you for blessing me. That's why we pray. Pray. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, um, it's MC Hammer. It's MC Hammer, but MC right. Hammer did a lot of songs. Right, but he did pray. He did pray. That was it. That doesn't make it pray, though. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Oh, God. Sorry. Do it again. <laughs> you want me to sing it? <laughs> no, just say the lines again. Right. My music hits me so hard, makes me say, oh, my Lord, thank you for well, blessing me. While I'm Can't there. touch this. Can't touch this. Thank you. Can't touch this. I guess we'll give you credit for that. I don't know. Fuck you. Know, you. Guess, hey, yeah. hey, I got MC Hammer, and then you just gave me the lines again. You didn't sing it or anything. Right. I fucking get that one. That's true. Yeah, yeah. The you fact didn't that sing you it. You said pray that wasn't your final answer. That was not my final okay, answer. Right. You got it. You can't touch this. Okay, here we go. The men of steel, the men of power, are losing, losing control, control by, by the, the hour. hour. Dig it, dig it. It's one of my favorite uh, Genesis songs ever. Oh, I love this. Well, <laughs> land of confusion, Genesis, yes. baby. I actually said Genesis. I shouldn't have done that, but I know no, you knew I what knew it was. What it was. Yeah, I have. That. So you got three, and I got <gasps> two. I got three. Yeah, because I was sweet. Stop the madness. Fucking softballs, babe. Wow, softballs, babe. Yeah, I mean, I didn't give you enough softballs, babe. No, you didn't. Softballs, babe. Softballs, babe. Totally. Sorry. I tried to give you softballs, babe. You think you did? I mean, I, you I, think I, I you gave did. you Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer. I mean, those are those are two good ones, but the other two, I mean, come on. I mean, I actually purposely pick artists that I know you know. But the B fifty twos. Yeah, but Rock you Lobster. But that was Fred's part. That's not fair. Uh, well, that was. <laughs> who said Fred's part is not fair? <laughs> I Fred's did. part are the parts that stand out the most. Not to me. Nope. The girls do. Nope. Sorry. Ah, okay. Kate and Cindy getting some respect. Absolutely. I love them. I love them. Too. I love them too. They're All amazing. Right. Okay. Well. Various. All right. Well, you win. You totally win that battle. You win. Wow. How Fuck. That? All right. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put lost. That sucks. And now... That tastes like vinegar. She's sort of established a little bit of a... a kind of a, a little wiggle room to argue that I it isn't always me by doing a couple of bits there. But uh, since it in reality is, uh, I'll have to introduce a song now by a band that... Uh, gee, have we played? We played them certainly on Butterfly. Yeah, we yes, played them. of course we did. What am I saying? Of course we played them. Yeah. Uh, the wonderful... Elm Treason. Uh, like the uh, house band, the Secret Weasels, Elm Treason is an army of two. Andy Roman and Bobby Steele, and these two gents have, well, they got a new album coming out, too, and, and each song being released with videos to accompany them explaining their process and their influences, and I love it. They have a background in, they have backgrounds, collectively, in prog and metal and everything else, and they channel all of that power 
and take it out on defenseless acoustic guitars. And I've noticed the re- that. The result is really, I mean, you know, you feel a, a little pity. It's for the stirring. I mean, it's really quite heartrending, but the music kicks ass. They really do a fantastic job. They really do. And this one certainly captures the uh, spirit of the show, of this episode. It's called Just Like Rock and Roll. Andy and Bobby making a mighty noise for you on their little acoustic guitars and uh, totally uh, rocking out. Uh, really, uh, much more purely than a lot of stuff you'll hear, and I'll try not to uh, 
do too much of a curmudgeon routine about that later on when I mention a certain band and a certain award, but I'll try. I'll try to avoid it. Uh, anyway, Andy and Bobby, Elm Treason, collectively. You can find them at elmtreasonmusic.com, Elm Treason on Facebook, and they even got a new album, In the Offing, Voice of Treason. Do fall in love with these guys as well. You just did, actually. And, yeah, uh, you did. And go check them out. So it's too late now, so go <laughs> check them out because uh, you you got to love them if you're like a real... If you walk erect. And, yeah, you're uh, a goner. You're not, you know, Once you hear them, it's over. Not, exactly, it is. All right. So, um, gee, that was pretty scant, so it seems like I'll probably end up having to do something else. You right? probably will, yeah, probably. but not right now. Oh, no. Not at this moment. All right. Owl, do it better than you moo. For this feature, we discuss cover songs that either rival or are better than the original, and this time we have selected Elvis Costello's What's So Funny About Peace, Love, and Understanding, original artist Nick Lowe. So, now, originally, this song was released by Lowe's band Brinsley Schwarz in 1974 on their album Favorites of Brinsley Schwarz. So, Nick Lowe versus Elvis Costello. What do you think? Me personally, well, uh, of course, I'm more familiar with the Elvis Costello version, and I've had because Armed Forces is one of my favorite albums of all time. And um, I've heard Nick Lowe's a couple times. I just re- listened to it again to kind of, you know, really give him a fair shake. And honestly, the f- during the first verse, during the verses, I thought, wow, I kind of like this better, you know? The voice is clearer than the, you know, the effects-laden, uh, you know, vocal uh, delivered by Elvis Costello. But um, once the chorus kicks in and the song starts to progress, I kind of fall back on Costello's version. It's not decisive at all, but I do give a little bit of edge overall to Elvis Costello's because Nick Lowe's version kind of loses me on the choruses and stuff. So a little bit of an edge to Elvis, but uh, close. What do you think? There's something to me very charming about Lowe's version. It feels authentic. It feels honest and folky. And I like that. I think it it wants to be folky. Um, and I I don't hear that in Costello's. No, it's, 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 it's kind of new wave, his it, version, you know? I mean, yeah, and I, I think it... You know, before I ever heard Lowe's version, I had obviously heard Elvis Costello's a million times. But the second I heard Lowe's, I went, that's how the song is supposed to go. It felt right. Everything about it. And I like the chorus. It's a little sweeter. It's a little softer. It's a little kinder. It's a little, uh, it feels very earnest. So, um, and I'm not the kind of person who picks the original artist, as you know, just because they oh, wrote no, the song. Oh no, there are a lot of instances yeah. where it's not better. Yeah. yeah, and and I don't I don't do that, but in this case, Costello did not do it better than Emu. So basically, Lowe's version is kinder, so I mean to like Costello. Got it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know if I can slip that past you. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. But <laughs> I don't know. I just, I really, really liked it. And I listened to both of them like four times just to make sure. And yeah, no, Lowe definitely, he captures something completely different that is just missing in Costello's. He had me. Remember when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, he's got me. I love this version better. And uh, maybe if I heard it again, I might warm yeah. up to the chorus part and everything. But I thought the vocal was fantastic. The verses are better. Well, I think the I think the chorus is sweeter, and yeah. I it, it's more, it's like you said exactly less affected, less just more. It just feels organic and it feels right. And and the Elvis Costello one is great. I mean, it, he clearly in 1978 Elvis Costello and the Attractions recorded the version, yeah. obviously, and released it as a B side to Lowe's solo single. So, I mean, that's how much they loved it. And so then, obviously, it was a solo single to American Squirm, right? And it was also, obviously, then it was such a huge hit, it was released on his Armed Forces um, album as well. So, I mean, I think that he captured something different. I mean, he he took it, you know, 
to the masses, but yeah, the, the attractions are a band. They always do something. God. But there's nothing like that version, and I, I just, it moves me, and it didn't move me when Elvis sang it. I liked it, but it didn't move me like this. So, cool. I'll do it better than Emu, another segment that I uh, ain't too proud to say, you know, <laughs> at all. Uh, however, I'm a little uneasy about this uh, business here, where it sounds like I might have to do another song. Uh, That's true. Possible? Okay. It's your time. Well, this is, uh, it's the timing of this one is quite interesting, because of the theme driving the submissions or the songs that we're throwing in uh, whatever. yes um this is a like i said it's interesting timing because this w- band was the last one we saw together out yep. and it was february 14th it was the day the show premiered but there we were in hollywood watching britney's rage now this is the third time i'd seen them so i'm twice up at the rainbow one time i dragged poor kill jill along and said <laughs> hey they do fleetwood mac jill come on <laughs> yeah they're gonna play this metal shit and oh she got a bonus because the uh, soldiers of solace was playing that night oh too. Wow. so yeah she had a lot of fun <laughs> wow uh, yes but um yeah she definitely appreciated some of the uh some of the Britney's Rage tunes and, you know, kind of expanded our horizons a little bit, but we had fun that night. And But put them on the stage at the Whiskey when we saw them and they were completely unleashed. Oh, my God. Absolutely on fire. Brilliant. And this song is kind of just a rowdy, riff-crazy, uh, rough-and-tumble song about the rock and roll life, which uh, is what they're all about. And uh, Tony Muela on the guitar and one of my favorite vocalists I've discovered in the last few years, Britney Rochelle on vocals, Britney's Rage collectively, and the song Rock and Roll Pirates. Black out drunk, got me in a 
Ah, Britney's Rage. That's B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y's Rage. Spell it right. Uh, they actually spelled it wrong on the whiskey once. It was horrifying to see. But uh, <laughs> it was a great show. Fantastic show. And, you know, rock and roll pirates, all this uh, crazy out of control, but they're the sweetest couple. They, got they really are. Girls, a beautiful little family. So sweet. And their music is fabulous. So do please go check them out. Britney's Rage. Hard working. P-T-X. Hard working. El Paso, Texas on Reverb Nation. Britney's Rage on... Facebook, they're a hardworking band, and Tony, my goodness, the stuff, the stuff they do, they work with uh, in uh, sound and light and everything. Tony's ended up working for Cher and people like that and everything. Oh, <laughs> hey, she's a legend. You know, so much Cher discussion today. Yes, how is that? It's weird, but Cher's a legend. I mean, I like Cher. We're just having a little fun here, man. But anyway, but yeah, Britney's Rage. Do go check them out, please, and please uh, immediately write the show and tell Christina to do more segments here. Oh, excellent. Uh, but it's your segment. Oh. So they can write in all they want, uh, but it's going to be a little too late for you. Oh, <laughs> Have you heard what? of Vocal Fry? Vocal? Is this a question? Vocal yeah, it's fry? a question. <laughs> it ended with a, with, a, with a question mark. I was just like, uh, have I heard of Vocal Fry? What is that, like a, like a program or something? No, so it's so funny because... There's a lot of people in California that do it. So it's like this. So the next thing we're going to talk about is um, Swan Song. Am I doing that? <laughs> no, but I accident. I was just, I was kind of doing like a, a funny kind of parody of something. And I did that. And I was like, does he know what vocal fry is? It's funny because it drives Howard Stern crazy. A Why lot is it called of, vocal fry? Because they're acting like there's something wrong with their voice. Oh, wow. So, like uh, yeah. Like and that. this is like, oh, I so like I'd I be like. I think I've discovered a new, uh, new voice for the air. No, I, I, no, so. yeah. no. But they'd be like so david i was wanting to tell oh, you no, not, i mean not vocal fry valley I, I wanted to tell you a couple of things and number one is i love your radio show they should this should be one of those uh pay to stream podcasts for sleep you know because <laughs> that uh that, that's the kind of thing that would i would go out in five minutes you know? so yeah vocal fry i'm glad i don't have vocal fry but when i do some uh very very poorly executed you know parodies or attempts to do impressions uh vocal fry usually creeps in Awesome. So you just learned something new, and maybe our audience did too. Vocal fry. It's a real is that, thing. Is that, like, is that accepted nomenclature? It is. I like it. Vocal I fry. I don't even know if the word nomenclature applies in that case, but I think so. It's, it's I, terminology. I like nomenol- no- nomenclature regardless, so yeah, thanks for bringing it up. Yeah, words that, you know. Uh, actually, I was going to say that you, you seldom have opportunity to use, but it is... In a song, well, it's actually in a Weird Al Yankovic song, and he he can make anything work, you know. In uh, the so I'm going to have to add Weird Al to this. Comes up every show because I think pretty much Weird Al comes up every show. Well, because he said he paradizes so many things. It's yeah. true. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll drop. We'll true. We'll shelve the Weird Al for now. No, but it's like the the bond. Yeah. And the, yeah. So yeah. hey, well, there's a Weird Al tie to a lot of things. You know? Yes, I noticed. So I, guess we I did not know that before. Moon Bond, Kiss, James, uh, and Batman. You know. Uh, that's a that, that's a I think that's a long list. That's a long list. <laughs> all right, and um, uh, well, all right. In the feature we affectionately know as Swan Song, we discuss a band or artist's final work, and we've kind of expanded this to me. Well, for one, they could have known it was final. Mm-hmm. 
somebody could have died, they could have, you know, broken up or whatever. They just stopped doing it. Right. Ended or, up being their last album or they knew it was going to be. They but knew we it don't, was going to be, yeah. yeah. Or sometimes even a performance, as we discussed with the band. Well, this one is actually a twofer. I'm going to cheat here Ooh. in an effort to stretch the show way beyond the three-hour limit and um, <laughs> talk about a band's last album, last proper studio album. Please, please, please don't don't want to Don't write that. us. Yeah, please. Yeah, last proper studio <laughs> album that they knew was a studio album, not cutting room floor stuff, not, you know, archival stuff. And their final concert, separated by, in addition to the death of one of the members, 28 years. The act in question is Led Zeppelin, their final studio album released in 1979, In Through the Outdoor, and later on, their final concert in 2007. But anyway, back to the album. Now, it was 1979, I was 18, and we kids were losing our collective shit because Zeppelin was going to put out a new album. And uh, we just, the last one was Presence. And interestingly, Presence doesn't have any keyboards. And I had seen them on the Presence tour. Now, they come out with this new album, and it's conspicuous. It's quite notable that it's absolutely dripping with keyboards. It is just a very keyboard-heavy, focused album. I mean, it's dripping. I mean, you need a bucket and a mop, basically, because there's so many keyboards, okay? Uh, (laughs) Unlike the previous album. And the band themselves kind of bag on it a little bit, and it really polarized the critics. To me, it's a proper Led Zeppelin album. I mean, uh, one brutal, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Lester Bang's arch douchebag. One brutal critic wrote, gee, back on their worst album, Houses of the Holy. And it's like, first of all, what the hell are you talking about? Ooh. They had at least five great riffs per song. Them this one's only words. got, yeah, right? Five great riffs per song. This one's only got one on the whole album. I'm like, you better walk that back. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your words. Walk, buddy. Okay. Uh, no, actually, to me, it's good. But, I mean, it uh, does have a... It's, somebody described the first album shows that their first side shows that they're a good hard rock band. The second side shows that they're a good art rock band because there's a 10-minute uh, opus there, really prog rock opus called Carousel Ambra. But they were also not being overly pretentious. They were uh, having a little fun with themselves. And they've even got a... Rockabilly country stomp called Hot Dog, of all things. It was the most <laughs> legendary band in existence. Puts out a song called Hot, Hot Dog. Dog. And you might know some of the stuff from that on the radio, like uh, Fool in the Rain, classic. Mm-hmm. And All My Love, which they kind of bag on, too. It's like, oh, well, you know, it's one of those swaying with the lighter songs. That's not really yeah, us, but... <laughs> what is that? I recorded you. Oh, I bar- and it accidentally played oh, back barely, just now. It, like it should I, not it have was done that. Simultaneous, you know? It was. I was like, I just finished. The words are still in the air. <laughs> Sorry, it should not have played back. I hit yeah. the wrong button. <laughs> the look on your face was classic. What is this witchery? You know. Sorcery. It's, it is. It's, it's I'm so sorry. To me, it's totally worthy uh, as a Led Zeppelin album, but they were going to do another one, but were prevented by the death of drummer John Bonham in 1980. Mm. But however, that wasn't exactly the end of the story, because as I said, there was a final performance with whom taking place of the mighty Bonzo on the drums, his son, Jason, who was 14 mm. when his dad died in 1980. Well, now he's 40-something, yes, and he's playing, and he's like, he can't believe he's on stage playing with Led Zeppelin. He'd done it a time or two, but this was a full concert. This was a concert at the O2 Arena in uh, London, for uh, Ermit Erdogan, uh, Ahmet Erdogan, I always say his name wrong, Ahmet Erdogan, it was a benefit concert for him, uh, when as, um, remembering when, as Robert Plant puts it, Atlantic Records was the most spectacular label on the planet, because, I mean, you think of the Atlantic label, and you picture Led Zeppelin Records and Yes Records before they started Swan Song on oh, the yeah. sixth album, you know, it was like 
you look at that label and you know there's something awesome coming. It was a great label. True. Uh, and this performance uh, at the O2 was in 2007, and it was captured on a CD and a DVD release called Celebration Day. And this was, uh, oh, more than a couple of that, two and a half hours of music, no acoustic set, no uh, no letting up, just a good old old school Led Zeppelin beatdown. Five years later, it was released. They took so much care with it. And But what really shocked me to find out, and I only just learned this too, was they were nominated for a Grammy that year for um, Best Rock Performance. Now, performance oh. does not mean like a new song. It can be a performance of anything. Black Sabbath actually won one for uh, performing uh, at their reunion concert, Iron Man, decades-old song. So it's mm. fair game. And the song in question was Cashmere, the live version of Cashmere recorded at the O2 Arena in 2007. One of my absolute favorite versions. It's brilliant. So when I said they were nominated, surely, David, you're not saying that means they lost. Yes, it does mean they lost. And I had a morbid curiosity. I was like, okay, who beat Led Zeppelin's Cashmere in 2007? I'll bet you it was some oh, 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 oh bullshit. And it was. Oh, it was shit. Imagine Dragons Radioactive. Yeah, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. It's a performance uh, category. You can give it to the old guys because they're better. Mm. Anyway, so that happened. And uh, at this wonderful concert, which is uh, critics hailed as an absolutely superb victory lap and the best one-off reunion ever. Uh, and there have been some amazing one-off reunions like Cream, for example, but in the 2000s also. But this one goes down in uh, the annals. This is just fantastic. I highly recommend you watch it and buy it and listen to it. And um, But uh, interestingly, they play songs at this concert from every album they ever put out except for In Through the Outdoor, which is kind of strange. Mm. They completely ignored it, but there's a lot of juicy killer stuff there. So, yeah, Double Swan Song, last studio album from Led Zeppelin, last concert, uh, lovingly captured and edited to perfection. They did uh, pull a few uh, scraps together and put out another record, which is quite good, too, and uh, got together with The Sun, and that was an incredibly emotional thing. He, uh, uh, Jason Bonham also played with Heart. Yes. At the uh, uh, doing Stairway to Heaven at the uh, induction center for uh, the induction ceremony for Led Zeppelin for the Kennedy Center, as we were mentioning, which was founded in what year? 1971. <laughs> now I know now something I know. didn't. See? And you know uh, Vocal Fry. Look, I've helped. Vocal Fry, this is so, it's such an educational experience. <laughs> it really is. And uh, you know what? It's made me parched and I need another beverage here. All right. So, you know, see, and, and uh, folks, this is like hanging out with us, as I said, except for when. Uh, if you when you say as you probably do, dude, what does that even mean? What you just said makes no sense at all. I just can't hear you. But that's a win-win because that spares you from having me try to explain. So it's kind of better this way. Uh, so uh, let's count our blessings here, and uh, hopefully one of those blessings will be Christina is going to do another song or some damn thing. I actually am going to do another song, and nice. it's <laughs> right. It is. It's not unexpected though. Uh, potentially welcome and uh so this particular band is a band we played before and actually this song is a song we played before but it actually fit the theme very well especially in the way that they had originally actually sold it to us and the even more interesting fact is that you announced the song last time and so i will be doing it this time so really? the band is even tied Oh, and the yeah. song is Let Tomorrow Be Like Yesterday. They are from San Diego, pop rock. And uh, so Eventide is a cover band from San Diego that they play any number of songs by bands we know and love. But this one they wrote themselves. While the vocals are certainly reminiscent of those of the Gallagher Brothers, 
these vocals offer something different and better. The callback occurring on the chorus is something I wish more bands would do. I really enjoy it where the singer sings, then there's a callback from the band. The singer sings and there's a callback. It's just, I love that whole thing. The song made me immediately think of how we wish tomorrow could be like early 2020 when we could go out and take in all the live music we could stand and or afford. And I hope... We had a good couple months there. We really did. (laughs) I hope this band writes more songs of their own because they are... They're so much more than a beloved cover band. They are artists. Let tomorrow be like yesterday.
All right, that was Let Tomorrow Be Like Yesterday by Eventide. You can find them on Facebook at Eventide the Band. So, this is something I've only done one other time. Concerts to crow about. For this feature, we share our most memorable concert experiences. And for me, this time I'm going to go back to 2012, October 8th, 2012 to be exact, to the Peter Gabriel Back to Front Tour. And uh, saw that tour in San Diego at Valley View Casino Center. We were about row 10 on the ground. Whoa. Yeah, it was really, really great. That's why we didn't see the, it didn't see him when he was at Hollywood Bowl. Instead, we went to San Diego. We had m- far better seats than we would have had oh, at the bowl. the bowl. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I like to talk about the stage setup because for me, that really does kind of let you know the kind of show it's going to be. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the set list and everything. Because I want to really take you there. So the stage setup, there are 10 very bright, what I call Lego lights <laughs> at the very, very top of the stage because they have sets of eight, right? So you look like little Legos up at the top and they're like 50 feet up on the back of the wall of the stage. And just below those, about 42 feet are 12 spotlights and they are perfect. They absolutely, they shine on the audience. They shine on the band. It's great. And then about 40 feet begins five 40 foot tall and five feet wide screens right so they're tall and really skinny wow so and then on either side of the stage are six sets of lights with four bulbs each so it's just lit up the stage itself is black and it is it is just you don't know what's going to happen there's another element to the lighting that i'll get to in a minute that is crazy but it began with the house lights on, which is my favorite. I love it when bands have the house lights on for any period of time, whether it's the beginning, the middle, or the end. I just love it because it creates a feeling that they can see you, even though they can't. It's like they can see you and that they're singing to you. For some reason, it just feels intimate. It feels exciting. I'm like, they can see us because normally if you're on stage and the house lights are off, you can't see shit if you're on the stage. Right. So you can look like you're looking at people, but you're not. You, It's basically black yeah. or shadows. So with the house lights on, they can see us. Yeah. And there's something really cool about like, Peter's looking in this direction, even though he doesn't fucking see me. And even if he did, he goes, I don't give a fuck. She looks like every other motherfucker in the place. So Right. But there's something really cool about that. And the five songs um, that were performed at the beginning were performed acoustically, which was amazing. And the ones that stand out are Come Talk to Me, Shock the Monkey, and Family Snapshot. Oh, definitely amongst my favorite songs. It was so intimate and so warm and so moving because he's... Peter Gabriel's a pretty formidable dude. He's not a little tiny, demure dude anymore. He's a pretty big dude with, like, this bald head, and he dresses really cute. Like, you know, like European kind of uh, aristocraty, you know, but cool. And uh, so he's he's on the stage, and it's interesting because, and for Mercy Street, he laid down on the stage. Oh, wow. And he sang the song laying down most of the song. And Mercy Street is just one of those songs where... It just, I mean, Peter Gabriel moved me to tears a lot. It's pretty easy for him to move me to tears. His lyrics, the composition of his songs, his voice, the delivery, the instrumentation, everything to me is just on fucking point. Everything. Um, but he laid down and he sang the song. And then, of course, in your eyes, he comes out and he's, you know, getting the crowd. And it's about 10 or 11 minutes long, the in your eyes version that he does, which is, that's the song 
that every woman wishes somebody would be outside their door holding the big boom box up like he didn't say anything it is everything it is it is the song that you know people used at their <laughs> weddings and it was my prom theme it was such a big deal right in your eyes was such a big deal and it to me it's still one of like the most romantic songs it just is it's a sweetie it really is other notable songs he performed were Games Without Frontiers, that uh, voice again, and Here Comes the Flood. Yeah. So good. And he played nine songs off of So. Wow. Which was so amazing. It was like a almost a three-hour-long show. That's got to be pretty close to a whole album right Oh, there. my God. So is a classic, too. Absolutely. And the encores included Here Comes the Flood, The Tower That Ate People, and he ended the whole show with Biko. Biko is incredible. Biko, Biko. Yes. I remember that's on the security album, I think, or maybe it's the other one. I don't know. So he exits. He's leaving the stage, and we're going, oh, oh, oh. And he has you do this hand motion, and everyone's doing it. And he, he's, like, leaving, and the whole band's doing that whole uh, uh, oh thing, you know, and he, they're doing it with you as they slowly leave. And then he's leaving, and you're just like, don't go. You don't want it to end. You don't want this amazing moment to end. So... For me, it was like, I've seen Peter Gabriel four times. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm a huge Peter Gabriel fan. I saw him in, in a 1992 on the Us Tour, uh, 2002 on the Up Tour, and then obviously back to front 2012, and then Rock, Paper, Scissors with Sting in 2016. 16. Wow. That was, that's pretty recent. It yeah. was. It was yeah. really, really good. It was interesting to have those two together, but it was really cool. Oh, and Sting. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool yeah. and uh so good pairing yeah. absolutely for me not only are concerts this way but peter gabriel does things you know and i know it's very different from what he used to do with genesis right <laughs> when he was a genesis it was very different and very theatrical he's still very passionate about his music but he's more lets the music speak for itself yeah. and uh, for me I can only describe it as life-affirming and life-changing every time I see him. It just, it inspires me. It moves me. It, you know, I'm, I'm super introspective like you are anytime you listen to a Peter Gabriel album to me. Um, it was inspirational, not only as a musician, but as a human being, I felt inspired, right? And the things that he writes about and the way that he writes it is just, I, I wish, I wish I could be half the songwriter, even one one hundredth the songwriter he is. And there's so many songs he has that I wish I wrote. So many. Um, it was super emotional, very beautiful. And, you know, we talked about it before, super spiritual. It's just like I was lost. I was gone. And it took a How's while to come down. Man? Yeah. It, yeah. it, it took, take a while for me to come back mm -hmm. down to earth after being lifted so high oh, by Peter yes. Gabriel. So, that is my one of my the four that I've seen, and I hope to get to see him again. But that was the back to front tour, which was incredible, incredible. Tenth row, right in front, just amazing. So that is one of many concerts I've been to that I must crow about. And you know, I uh, it's one of, again, it's one of those things. Heretic, burn, witch, burn. I know, uh -oh. but I love Gabriel solo uh, better than the Genesis with him. And I like the Genesis solo. It's different. Uh, Genesis with Collins, but uh, I Peter Gabriel solo is incredible, and that must have been one hell of a show. It really was. And you're so right about picking the venue to see it in. Oh, oh man. I mean, no question about it. No question, no question. I mean, and it seemed like a weird place, but it was it was a stadium. Yeah, we just got floor seats at the stadium instead.
instead of the Hollywood Bowl, which we would have been, you know, way for the rock paper scissors. We were back in Pottsville. Yeah, you don't you don't see all that well apart from the screens. But I mean, it's nice being there and everything. But it's I was cool. I was not close to the Who really. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a ton of money to be really down down close, and yeah. I don't have that kind of money. So yeah. I don't get fifty bucks. It was worth it. Yeah. Well, that's different, yeah. right? But if you want to be in those little boxes, yeah. it's like seven hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, five hundred dollars. I I don't per seat. And I'm like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> so, not that we didn't pay a lot for that yeah. those seats, but we didn't pay what we paid. If you want to do a meet and greet, it's like, you know what? No, thank <laughs> I'm you. good. Yeah. I'm all right. <laughs> so that was my concert to crow about. I hope that that was interesting to all of you, and I hope I painted a picture of this amazing show. Oh, it must have been fab. Uh, sounds great. I look. Gabriel is. Well, he's such a Renaissance man. He's like Bowie. Uh, he really is like Bowie. I have a preference for Bowie, but uh, the way he thinks so visually and so so in, with such depth as far as the music, it must have been very similar and very comparable. And uh, I've never yeah. been quite as into Gabriel, but I know how awesome he is. It's just I've never been quite a, uh, much of his stuff as Bowie. And well, we'll have to work on that. Gee, it looks like the clock is ticking, and the next part is me... Reiterating, not reiterating, that would mean <laughs> saying it again. We reiterate it at the beginning, so scratch all that. It's uh, like the court stenographer can disregard that, okay. Uh, all right, now is where we announce, rather. Isn't that the word I'm looking for? Announce, That's it, correct. Announcing the new theme. Next Birds of a Feather theme is Justify My Dove. Yes, we're coupling cheesy bird puns with <laughs> the titles of songs. In this case, the song was Justify My Love by Madonna. And it appeared on a compilation called The Immaculate Collection in 1990. So what we're looking for is kind of in keeping with the theme of that song and its video, its attendant video, <laughs> uh, songs about fantasies, sexual taboos, or otherwise unconventional carnal coupling. And no, I cannot claim that is a choice phrase, unconventional carnal coupling, but that was Christina's work. So congratulations on that. Um <laughs> Uh, winning an argument or persuading others to your point of view. Justifying now. See, I'm right. Proving your way. <laughs> we'll take anything, okay? It's just the way we are. Uh, so that's next time. And um, Well, I might have a preference for the uh, sexual taboos. <laughs> well, yeah. Here's hoping we get some. <laughs> Fantasies, sexual taboos, or otherwise unconventional carnal coupling. Eh, we're hoping those are coming our way. Conventional carnal coupling. Get in, send in your unconventional carnal couplings today. You know? <laughs> All right. So uh, you got something to say here, I think. I do, because parting is such sweet sorrow. This is the part of the show that, you know, while it's, uh, I guess it's really a bittersweet moment because That's another show is in the can, but, or almost in the can, nearly in the can, but that also means that this is over and this is so much fun. I have the best time, but I also get to give you your homework like the teacher that I am. What? Yep, that's uh, right. We're both teachers. <laughs> so your homework is, again, to tell us what you think of a band that we've selected. Are you in? Hell yes. Or are you out? Hell no. And the band this time is Electric Light Orchestra, also known as ELO. So what do you think? You may or may not know what we think. We're not going to talk about it right now. Are you in? Are you out? If you're in, why are you in? If you're out, why are you out? Thank you also so much for everyone's participation. You guys always are great participants of this. We love your opinions. We want to know. And if you have any suggestions, ideas, thoughts, comments, good, bad, or indifferent, you can send them to bofonair at gmail.com. 
All right, I guess it's time to wrap this up in a neat little blanket. The next Winging It airs February 27th. New Birds of a Feather airs on April 3rd. And the platforms you can hear, uh, us and the other FMR, sh- MR shows. <laughs> and platforms you can hear us and other FMR shows include Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, CastBox, and Geo7. I'm just going to commit to that, guessing that that's how it's pronounced. And more. So, be sure to tune in. That's every week, folks. And I guess that only leaves for you to say... Let's get the flock out of here. This has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.